0: It's good to see you from the front. Um, Did you you press record? All right, we've been on a journey through the book of Acts. And so the book of Acts tells the story of the early church and what the Spirit is doing in the church to spread the good news of the gospel that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose, and that he's coming back. So that's. That message is changing as they were accused of, these men have turned up the whole world upside down. So it makes a huge change as the gospel spread. We've seen some maps of how it spreads and we've been joining Paul on his trips uh, to where he's going. But then Paul gets arrested uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, The Romans actually save his life. Because the Jews were gonna just lynch him and kill him, uh, and then a plot is discovered that the Jews want him to go to court again, but forty people have vowed they wouldn't eat until they kill him. Uh, that plot is uncovered, and he is taken to instead of Jerusalem, he's taken to the city of Caesarea Maritima, which is the Roman um, Roman. Roman center of power in that region. So right at this point in time the Romans are occupying uh, the Israel as well. And so they have their power center there where their most of their soldiers is as well. They also have soldiers in Jerusalem and other places but that is kind of the main place. So Paul is taken there and then he is uh, left there. <laughs> well, he's not left there. He has his... Well, his third second third trial uh and um, felix last time didn't really know exactly what to do with paul because he didn't really seem to have done anything wrong but then he didn't want to upset the jews so he didn't want to free him either so paul's just left in prison for two years uh, felix talks to him sometimes and hopes that he would give him some money so he can free him that doesn't happen and then Felix uh, as I talked about he makes a lot of uh, what do you call it not very good government uh, things so he ends up killing a lot of people and people complain and then he gets he gets sent away and a new man arrives so we have this person Festus that we're gonna read about today as well and he has taken over Felix's position So Paul has now been in jail for two, three years. He's had two or three trials. And uh, yeah, then we come to this place where we read today. So we'll read from Acts 25, 1 to 12. And if you take the first slide. Mm, Yep. So let's read together. Now, three days after Festus had arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem. Now, just a note: when it says "up" and you look at a map, it's really down, so it's a geographical elevation. So it's like he goes up to Jerusalem, but it's south. Well, it's because they're going up a hill to Jerusalem uh, from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul and urged him asking a favor against Paul that he will be summoned to Jerusalem because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea and that he himself intended to go there shortly so so said he let the men of authority among you come down with me and if there is any wrong about the man, let them bring charges against him After he stayed among them no more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat on the tribunal, and he ordered Paul to be brought. And when he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple nor against Caesar have I committed any offense. But Festus, wishing to f- wishing to the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul says, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be taught. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to the charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, to Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go this is the word of the Lord can you just show the slide of the the beamer thing the the slide from that has Jerusalem beamer oh okay so this is this is a drawing of what they think he was so this is a Caesarea This is like a big, huge place that one of the kings that was named Herod lived in. So he was being kept custody in there somewhere. So that's also where the the trial is at. If you take the next slide. Oh, okay. So um, a while ago, we talked about what happens when you get judged. And so you go in front of something called a beamer. And so in these Roman times, the beamers are quite high. But in the beginning, it was really just... um, a, a plate in the ground that would be the sentencing place, but now in these times it's a, the judge is up here and you are down here. And some people said that's actually why you still keep the judge up in some courts, but but this is kind of the situation. So Paul is down there on the ground, uh, Festus is up there, and then all the Jews come and accuse him. So, that's just to maybe create a visual there. Um, yeah, so what's going on in the text? Well, Festus has arrived in Jerusalem. He's just got a new job. You know, he's just got a new job. The other guy got kicked out. He got fired. So he comes in and, and he has not been there many days. He's been there less than a week. He's in Jerusalem. The Jews find him. I don't know how they find him, but they find him and they like, Hey, give us Paul so we can kill him. That's not what they say, but that's kind of what they imply. And they're actually, some smart people say, they're implying in the text that they want him killed because they're asking a favor f- for it. Uh, now, well, Festus doesn't really, he doesn't play along with that game. He says like, well, first of all, he doesn't say that. I just got here. I have no idea who this Paul is, but you can meet me in Caesarea, and then you can bring your charges. We'll We'll see how it goes, and then then yeah we'll talk about that um and also if we've known if we've gone through that we can see this is a fairer thing to do instead of just giving him over to the people that really want to kill him a lot um but then uh, and he's he's a he is a way faster than felix was he takes the tribunal the next day courts in session okay jews bring the charges and the Jews bring many charges, like a lot of them. Probably we don't hear here it's not mentioned, but they would say like, "Oh, he uh, he has uh, he has sinned against he's uh, he done bad things against Caesar. He's also profaned the temple. He's done all these things." So they would just bring a lot of charges, and they would also want to bring charges that would get him killed, because that's the whole point. They would want the Roman authority to kill him, because in Uh, judicially at this point, the Jews aren't allowed to kill people. We saw that with uh, Jesus' trial. That they had to, if they have committed him, they had to take him to Pilate. So the Jews at this point weren't allowed to kill people. So that's still, that's still the goal. They waited two, three years. They still want Paul killed. Now the problem is, they can't prove any of these charges. Like they couldn't, than the other two, two, two uh trials. We see we were always seeing Paul's defense. He says that nobody can prove these charges. And in the other ones he's in more detail about it. But the Jews weren't really they weren't really interested in a trial either. They just wanted like mob violence to kill him anyway or or kill him kill him in in an ambush. And they wanted like the point would be like to accuse Paul in a way that he would be an enemy of Caesar. But Paul says like, I have not done anything like that. You can't charge me with that. Paul also is a Roman citizen, so we know that. So that's why he can even be charged as well. Paul has this great defense that he's has before. It's like a three-point defense. I've not broken the law of the Jews. I've not offended the temple. And I've not broken... Uh, the law of caesar so why am i here you can't prove any of the things that you say that i've done then festus he goes a little bit like well you know according to like luke he's trying to favor the jews and so it kind of for- it forces paul to appeal to caesar because he's no know- he knows what's going to happen they they want to kill him <laughs> they've wanted to kill him the whole time in going back to Jerusalem, there will be no fair trial. He probably won't arrive in Jerusalem. He'll be killed on the way. So he has no other, he has no other option than to appeal to Caesar. Now, appealing to Caesar is possible at this point in time. It's probably not probable that there would be done a lot. But if you are a Roman citizen, you can appeal to Caesar uh, for, to have the case in front of Caesar. Um. I didn't know that. (laughs) But even before he finishes his defense, he says, okay, if I've done anything that deserves death, then it's okay. I'm willing to die. But I haven't. So why are you... why Why would you even let me over to these crazy people? He doesn't say I call them crazy, but why would you even hand me over to these people? You know very well that I've done nothing wrong. So he presses towards... Festus and is like, like, why do you say that? Paul appeals to Caesar because he's forced to. There's no other, like, what is he supposed to do? If we're looking back on his choice, it's probably not the worst choice. It's a choice where at some point he would then be taken out of the jurisdiction of the Jews... And the people that wanted to kill him for a long time he's out of their grips they can't can't continue to kill him in a mob of violence going to Caesar yes he will still be in prison until Caesar saw his case but he will be out of the reach of the people that are trying to kill him there those things as we've talked about before (laughs) going from Caesarea to Rome it's not just like it's just going to take a few days and then he'll be there There are no planes, there's no ferries, so this is going to be another long wait and it's going to take a long time and Paul is almost going to lose his life along with a lot of other people in the seafaring travel, but we will see that in in the coming weeks. As we just look at all those things, many of the same themes come up. Um, We've we've talked about a lot of different themes and... In this time like if if we look at Festus well Festus again perverting justice a little bit at least to favor the Jews well you shouldn't really (laughs) when you're looking in your life you know that's not really something we want to emulate or something we want to strive for we don't want to get people convicted that haven't done anything wrong so don't be like Festus in that way. <laughs> he was faster to doing something, and he does listen to Paul's appeal, and he listens to his counsel and sends Paul to Rome. But he doesn't really know why he's sending Paul to Rome. And we'll see that next week. So Paul pointed, don't be like the Jews at this point in time. Don't be like Festus. Be like Paul, as we talked about. <laughs> he's confident. Like he said before, I have, a clear con- I have lived with a clear conscience before God my whole life. Um, and then he lays out his defense. I've done nothing wrong against these people. Um, yeah, so I've lived uh, my life with good conscience up to this point. When he said that, he got beaten in the face, but that was a different point. I did find a new theme Maybe not the most obvious one in the text, but we've done so much work on the other themes. That as I, as I was going through, I was like, okay, God, what is it that we need to talk about today? And it's actually the last sentence. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, to Jesus, you have appealed to Caesar. Or to Caesar, you have uh, appealed to Caesar. You should go, he also probably appealed to Jesus, but that's different. But Festus he confers with his counsel. So that made me think, what about us? Do we do that? I know it's not a court setting and we don't have like like five, six people with us all the time. But do we confer with people when we have to make decisions? Do we have people we talk to and do we even seek out people to help us with wise counsel? If you do, who are your counselors? Who are your advisors? And then, when just going through this, you might have some questions about that. First one would be Are they wise counselors? Are they people you trust? Can you trust what they say? Or else, there won't be much help to you if they keep lying all the time. If you're, as a believer, you also got to be like, Are they morally upright? so they don't guide you into sin or breaking the law or do things against against Jesus? Do the people have insight in the questions that you have? For instance, if you want to build a house or fix a car, I won't be of much help. (laughs) So there's no reason to pick somebody who don't know anything about the questions you have. Do they understand your faith? And how you want to live out your life for God, do they understand the questions you're asking? Who are those people in your life, or who could they be? They say, "I already have many counselors I and how do we use them, and for what would we use them? Should we ask all our questions to one person, or could you have maybe four or five people or even four or five couples?" Some do have different expertise. Well um, we had a conversation at home <laughs> about some of these things as well. It's like so I would strongly suggest that these people are real people. Because some people would say, Well, I mean I have all these friends, old friends from old books or podcasts or sermons. That's really good that you get inspired by those things. But they can't really be your counselors because they can't answer your questions. They can't keep you accountable. And they don't know you. And then I have like, don't take counsel from the internet. That's a bad idea for a lot of reasons. If you have counselors, I think there's a wrong way to use them. You go ask them before you have spent time with God, you go ask before you've prayed. Paul asks us to always pray and always pray with thanksgiving. So we always pray and seek God before asking anybody else. There's like a tendency or you could do it when you prepare sermons or if you do Bible studies. So if you read your Bible and there's small notes in the bottom, sometimes instead of wrestling with the text, you can just like look down and see what other smart people have said. I would advise against that because you can do that later, but don't do it as the first thing. Read your text, pray, think, ask the Lord to show you, and then afterwards you can see what other people have said. It's about a relationship with God first, about praying first, not asking somebody for good advice if we haven't spent the time with God first. Because it's not instead of God that we have counselors. It's counselors that can, guide. it's seeking out wise people who can guide us and lead us as God is leading you. So there's some important questions. Why am I even talking about this? Why are you talking about counselors? Well, I'm glad you asked. Can you show the, <laughs> show the slide uh, with that one? Because Proverbs three times talks about counselors, this is where I should have had my glasses on. Um, and so there's there's wisdom in having counselors. So we go for Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, a people fails. But in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. So in having people to talk to, to guide. There's a way that we can actually be safe. So this is probably important. If you build a house, you don't have a bunch of like me, in like as, uh, being in charge of the foundation and other things, because then the house is probably not safe. This is about safety as well. And then we also have the the people fail, and then in the next one, without council council plans fail but with many advices, they succeed. So if you have some plans and they keep failing, well, here the Lord says to have many counselors to ask as well that those plans might actually succeed. So say safety and plans that has a higher chance of succeeding. Plans are established by counsel, by wise, governance, wage war. I don't know if you should go make a real war, but we are in a war, in a spiritual war. So when you're when you're saying we want to be a family who's a shining a light to the world, well <laughs> Satan is very alive in the story as well and fueling the wrath and anger of the Jews. So if you decide that you want to be a light to the world, well you will also see opposition. So as you decide you want to be uh, a light to the world for your family or as you in your workplace as a student it 's probably also very good that you ask other people who 's been in the same situation and they can help you and they can guide you in this spiritual war so safety su- a more chance of success ability to wage the true war, spiritual war. Jesus says in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that people will worry about you will have. James talks about, if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom. Ask for wise counsel. We had an example this week where we were actually really encouraged talking about it talking to a different couple that are um missionaries in um somewhere in eastern Europe. It's this flow flow of my head. I think they're in they're close to Romania, but I think they're in Bulgaria. But um and they i now I'm just sharing. But they had a big decision. And they had been praying to God. They they had been uh pouring out their hearts to God and there, it was a decision about their family. And then um, they sought out some counsel that they have. They have five different couples. and so, But they also had their own will. <laughs> and the, the man he says, yes, the first couples, they were just like, that's a great idea. But they had talked to the Lord and said, "Like all five have to be okay with this. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> the fifth couple said, that's a terrible idea. And the man was like, "No," <laughs> but that's that's kind of like a good way to use wise counsel, because uh, I don't know if you ever played a game. Um, maybe this, you've okay. So, so you're telling some, you're telling yourself, okay, it doesn't matter if it's this one or this this one. Uh, either I'd play this game or this game, or I'll eat this thing or this thing. But then inside of you, you still have <laughs> the one. <laughs> then if you let use a dice or something, it's like. Oh, it's three. Yeah, but I really wanted four. So sometimes, like sometimes we think we're totally neutral, but we're not really. So that's, that that's, 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 our desire sometimes can trump or, or 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 push us to do something else. Where other people who, who are wise counselors, who know our situation, who know what we really want, they can come in and be like, yeah, I think, it's yeah, but no. And so in that situation, I just thought it was just a good example of they want, because the real desire is they want to follow God. They want, we, they wanted to do that. And so they had five godly couples weigh in and they had already talked to God first. So they knew what it meant when they gave their counsel. the question is also <laughs> are we actually willing we'll, we'll find some counselors are we willing to listen to what the counselors say also when it's not what we wanted um, yeah and then you're like but this isn't just just like all something we have to do ourselves it's like this part is never in our own strength it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts 2, we see how the Holy Spirit falls on the church, the true presence of God on the disciples. And that's how they start changing the world. Not by them being strong and smart, but by having the power of God inside of them so they can share Jesus Christ to the people. Now there is one counselor that is the most important and we read about him in Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counterful, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. <laughs> there was a fly on my face. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and all of his kingdom... To establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever, the seal of the Lord will do. of hosts will do this. Now this is a prophecy of Jesus. He is a perfect counselor, the wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He will rule forever and ever. That's the one we always should seek first. Seek always the counsel of the Lord first. In Thanksgiving, we pray and give thanks as we've done today. What a beautiful time we have together. And then if you get stuck, (laughs) if you know sometimes you deceive yourself, it is very good to have loved friends who know you, that you ask their counsel. Because the Lord has given us one another as a body. And we all have different gifts and abilities. We have different ways of relating to God and different understandings. We have different ways of communicating with Him. And we have different insights. Again, I can't fix cars or, or, or um, houses. But God's given me other gifts. And so I can serve with those. And so the Lord has also gifted you that you'll be able to serve other people. And counsel other people. So, I had a point that I lost, but it has said share the gospel. So I will share the gospel. So, so my long, long story that led to Jesus, which most of my sermons do, because that's why we have our hope and our joy and our strength. That's available for you on the internet. So now I'm speaking to the internet. That's available for you. You might have already experienced God's drawing you to himself. You might already experience his prayers being answered. You've already experienced part of who he is. The great news is that who Paul was willing to die for You can know him in a personal, deep way. Because God has showed us his love for us. That while we were still far from him, he sent his sons, Jesus, who was eternally with the Father, always in perfect worship together. Jesus comes into this life, born in a baby. lives his life, no sin. Goes on the cross takes upon us the, himself the wrath of God, all our sin, shame, pain, and guilt. And then he dies. But he does not stay dead. He said it many times, nobody can kill me. I lay down my life, but I will take it up again. So on the third day, he rises. And he shows us that in him, there is eternal life, and in his, de- in his death, he takes away a shame, pain, and guilt, the sin we've done, the sin committed against us. In him rising again, he offers us his righteousness. You can say all our old clothes are thrown away. In his rising, he asks us to put on his new clothes. That's the, new go- that's the good news of the gospel. All your sin taken away, new, re- new, new creation, restored relationship with God. Adopted into a new family. And like Paul read. There will be a day. Where there is no more. No more separation. We will be in the presence of God. With no sin. No shame. And we will worship him. Forever. That's the offer. Of who Jesus Christ is. Lord God, we thank you so much for this time. but I want to thank you for everyone who just prayed today, poured out their hearts in thanksgiving to you. I want to thank you for again for Abel. Lord, I want to bless him. And, and equip him, encourage him. Lord, I pray for all of us who have just been listening to this message. Lord, help us to seek you first. Help us to trust that you are listening. Help us to listen well. And help us to seek out people who can help us when we don't know exactly what you're saying. But help us to see one another as a huge blessing. And I ask for the people who don't know you, here on the internet, Lord, I pray that this is the day. Paul writes, this is the day of salvation. Lord, Holy Spirit, this is the day you open up eyes to see who you are. This is a day where there's a huge celebration in heaven as people are coming to you. So we ask that, and there's none of us who can do that. Only you can do that. So we ask that. Pray you remove any stones, hurdles to come to you and enjoy who you are. But we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may stand up for the benediction. <laughs> but Paul changed the benediction again. So I'm not going to read the one that's on the screen because I chose another one. <laughs> i'm going to do the one from jude and jude 24 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only god and our savior through jesus christ our lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all times now and forever amen